What's up, guys? Welcome back to Shadows in the Limelight. The guest we have on today's show is Jeff LaSawyer. Jeff plays in the band Voodoo Moonshine. I first came across their music from former Shadows in the Limelight guest, Mike Brandbold, as he recently posted on social media about these guys cracking the Billboard charts with their latest single, Bring It Down. I took a listen and was floored. I immediately went and checked out their latest album, Bottom of the Barrel, and wanted to promote it along with that latest single, Bring It Down. Just killer new music. Really want to support these guys. Links to everything we have are in our show notes. Go look at the new record. Go buy a physical copy. Support the band. But let's let the interview with Jeff roll. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? You know, I'm uh, I'm, I'm better than I deserve, as as people say. Um, you've got a uh, a new record out in the, but it kind of seems like it's been a while since uh, for a sophomore album. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah, it took long. That actually, that CD, this CD, I I finished it once before in 2011 and shelved it, and uh, you know we we redid it with new guys. Um, you know, there's there's what a, about a 12 year gap in between the first CD and this one, and um, that's basically because a bunch of life happened in between. You know. Well, I would say that uh, you know I found uh, you guys almost by by accident. Uh, I was on the the lovely social media sites and saw the song actually "Bring It Down" is what what I clicked on first, but through a few of the new the songs off the new album and kind of got into you guys that way. Um, I guess let's kind of go back to the beginning of, of Voodoo Moonshine and and that first record you guys released. Was that one? Let's see if I can get my years right now. I know we're in 2022. The first one was 05, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I formed the band in 2003 and we put it out in 2005. Okay. And we have some new members on, on the album in 20, uh, 2022. Oh, yeah. All new members because, you know. Like I said, in between that first album, you know, we were busy for about the, uh, up until about 2008. And then, um, you know, had some family members get ill and pass away. And uh, I took a break and recorded the solo record. So it was like 12 years in between. Not too many guys are going to hang out for 12 years, you know, <laughs> right. and wait. Um, it's like your Chinese you know, democracy. That's exactly what this CD was. Actually, it's, it's a broke-ass version of Chinese democracy or Def Leppard because... Yeah, you know, like I said, it. I actually started recording this CD uh, before the guys I have now. I started recording it back in 2000 and, uh, 2011 is when I finished it. And uh, I shelved it. I, I finished it and thought I was done and just really wasn't going to do much with it. And then um, some things happened. I started getting contacted by some industry people. And, and I thought, well, hell, apparently there's something going on. So I need to put together a band and uh found all new guys and re-recorded the thing that that's one thing that, that came up to me i mean um it there, there's a couple of things that i thought of when i was uh, reading through uh, on your website and kind of getting getting the lowdown on you guys but tell me how you found your singer oh yeah that was that was accidental like i said i had gotten a couple of messages on facebook you know at that point uh i had you know, finished the CD and, and was just a working Joe and just didn't think nothing about it. Hadn't been on the websites. Uh, and I happened to check some e- emails 
And uh, there was a, a uh, well-known manager, big, big time manager that had messaged me. And then it was followed up by a well-known producer. And um, that's what <laughs> that, that originally started me thinking, oh man, apparently if something's going on, so I need to find somebody, you know, find new guys. I knew I wasn't going to use um, the, the singer I used on the, the original version of this. So I got online and, you know, you can find everything online. It ain't like it was in 2005, you know. No, and, and finding your social media and, and internet is totally do what? I was say finding your singer like on, you know, going on Facebook or YouTube. I mean, the what the story that kept kind of, you know, resonating in my mind was um Arnell Pineda in in Journey. I mean, that that's yeah. that's how they found him too. It's just yeah. it's kind of taking into the 20th century. It's way well, different. That, and that's exactly how it was. I mean, I had seen Pedro on uh, on Facebook, you know, because he was doing these little, uh, you know, videos in his studio and singing along. And was, I seen him doing a Still Heart song, and I thought, well, that's pretty good. You know, it's pretty amazing. But in the studio, you can sound fantastic. So I looked a little further into some live stuff with the cover band of his, and uh, they were pulling off the same stuff live. I'm like, well, then it's no joke, you know. So I, I started messaging him, you know, uh, telling him I was looking for a singer and trying to get his interest. And it took a while, but uh, he started listening to the songs and he luckily he dug them. <laughs> you know, so here we are, what, three years later. And and the sound, I mean, you know, you, I have a hard time putting you guys into a genre. And this is one of my, I'm going to say soapbox items. Uh, it's so much anymore. I, I hate being putting people into to categories. I mean, at the end of the day, you can probably put music into two categories, good and bad. But, yeah. you know, who are your biggest influences and what do we hear when we listen to the new record? Well, man, you know, I mean, I was out in L.A. in the late 80s and, uh, you know, so I'm a kid from the 80s. Um, so for that time frame, you know, Tesla was my big influence. Um you know, I wasn't, uh, I had a singer at the time who was on the first CD, you know, he was that guy that was into poison, you know, and that whole dressing up bullshit. And I'm like, no, I want blue jeans. I'm from Oklahoma, blue jean, rock and roll. And that, so Tesla fit, but what's happening now, the older I'm getting is, and which is odd because I'm a guitar player, but I'm more influenced by the singer songwriter era, the seventies, the uh, acoustic guitar and vocal guys. You know, because you have to be amazing to pull that shit off now. You can't just, you know, it's easy to crank up, you know, 50,000 watts of guitars, bass, and drums. And if you screw up, it's really not noticeable. You screw up with an acoustic and a vocal, you're going to know, you know. So right now, you know, my biggest influence and, and has been for a while is just good songs, not really individual bands, you know. Well, I mean, and when, when I was just listening kind of track by track going through, uh, Pedro's vocals. I mean, that guy's got pipes. I love the guitar you've got on the record and to know that it's been on the shelf in some capacity since 2011 kind of kills me a little bit. This should have been out long ago. We should have three or four more records, but I guess, as you said, life happens. Um, I, I was looking on the website to see any dates. Are you guys playing anything live coming down the pike or what are you thinking well, there? We just did our, you know, the CD was released through Dark Star uh, February 4th, uh, you know, which we released the new video for Bring It Down at that time, as well as the single for radio. Um, so we did our CD release show February 18th. 
now, all we did last year, you know, while we were prepping and getting ready for the release was we played um, four festivals up in Ohio, Indiana, and uh, I think uh, Tennessee and somewhere else. But, you know, so we opened up for Texas Hippie Coalition, Saliva, um, Native How. Uh, you know, it's just to get get our feet back into it, you know, because we had been busy getting everything ready. Um, as far as right now, you know, I just um, discussed with an agent who's going to start handling our, our shows uh, up in Minnesota. And the show that we do have scheduled immediately is uh, it's a, a suicide benefit show in August in Florida. And um, right now, that's that's the only thing we're looking at, you know. Once once everything starts happening, it'll change. They'll start booking, you know, and, and in this COVID crap and everything else shut down the world. So we don't really miss nothing. <laughs> you know, we, we didn't have to cancel anything because apparently that's what every band did. So luckily we weren't in the position where we had. And, and that's a, a, un- you know, we were a unique point, too. I mean, um, it's it's we're looking now and we see and I live in the Phoenix area and it's almost every weekend, if not every, it is probably every weekend, some major acts coming in because everybody that hasn't toured for two or three years is back on the road. And, you know, I mean, it, it's expensive to go to a show. So people are picking and choosing. And then those acts that are playing the smaller club shows have some different, you know, regulations. You're not playing an outdoor shed. You're playing yeah, into you're a club that might hold 1500 people. And there's just some people anymore that, that don't want to have the hassle, but those that are still flying the flag of rock and roll and getting out, I, I can't wait for you guys to get back out on the road and, and, and present the material. But is from your perspective, being a, a band that's going to go out on the road with everybody else that all of a sudden wants to get back out on the road, is it tough to find a spot or do you see promoters just begging for live music because they, they want it to be normal? Well, you know, I mean, this whole, this whole shit here with the COVID and shutting down the country, you know, made everyone gun shy, these venues and, you know, and a lot of them went under, I mean, a lot of bars went under, a lot of businesses went under, uh, right now from, you know, just talking to our agent yesterday, what, what's happening now is all those shows got canceled. So now they're all makeup dates for these bands. Now, a lot of these bands can't do those makeup dates because a lot of life had changed in the, the whole time that it's been shut down. So what I'm hoping for is, you know, we pick up some of these big shows and festivals uh, along the way and replace some of these bands that can't make it. You know, you got foreign bands that can't come over here now. Um, you know, so I think it'll open wide open and, and help us out a little bit, you know, but we're not that type of band, man. We're not going to play every weekend at the same venue at a little bitty bar every weekend. We don't have to do that. And we're not going to, it's just kind of pointless, you know, uh, we, we want to play to people, but the mentality of the people are is, well, you know, they'll be here next weekend. Well, well let's stay home and, and have, you know, next Netflix and chill. We'll catch them next week. No, you, you won't care. Right just next week we'll come you know maybe once a month or once every few months once a year you know and uh i think that that right there you know kind of puts you in demand that they start realizing well we can't go see them every year you know so we'll have to go back and and that becomes a a whole different i i guess way of marketing i know in, in the phoenix area we've got some bands that come out of la that seem to play our market literally probably once a quarter if not more often than that and i wonder how they get the draw every time but it it must be you know lucrative to them in some regard otherwise they wouldn't keep doing it obviously but um far drive though from california really i mean you know 
Oh yeah. If you, if you get a good business sense and you got the, the means to do it, you can do it and still profit. But, you know, for us to do these uh, festivals up North, man, it was, it's a good $1,500 just to get on the bus, you know, and go out of town. So it's, it's really hard, you know, we're, we're the guys that don't make the money. Everyone else in the industry does, you know, so it's, and and that's a hard part too with with everything with COVID. And again, I I, I don't know if you know you've ever done this with with your market, but um, one of the things that I thought of was um, just on a recent tour, they you know cut out things like meet and greets. Well, when you're taking things away from artists, whether it's well, you're not going to sell as many albums, so there's one revenue stream. You can't tour half of the country because half the country shut down. There's another revenue stream, and you're just kind of getting cut at all angles. And then they go, oh, we're going to take this away too. It makes it a little bit tough. Um, and I, I think that kind of looking forward for you guys um, in in that the the 05 record, you had quite a bit of success overseas with that album, didn't you? Yes, yes, yeah, did well overseas with it. And you know, not bad in America, but at that time, you know, America wouldn't wouldn't. Uh, I don't want to say anything bad about the fans, but they didn't support the the American bands as well as they you know, should have foreign, the foreign market is usually more profitable, you know, because you, you know, you're the Beatles because you're from another country, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it's, it's always, um, it's, it's, it's always something that they want to hear and see, you know, cause they definitely won't see you every weekend there, you know, it may be once a year if they're lucky, you know, so yeah. Yeah, the overseas market's always been been better for most American bands, and it definitely was for us. Do you, I mean, would you like to take this band overseas and do that, if, if that becomes a possibility? Oh, most definitely. I mean, you know, most of, uh, since the release of this CD, and, and even when we put it out before we signed with Dark Star and we released a couple of singles here and there, we've done... a a lot of interviews and we've had a lot of reviews and a majority of them are overseas, you know, and that's the, the, the market is, is different over there. It's not like it is in America. You've got so many bands, you know, uh, we're spoiled with that. We have so many bands to choose from, you know, as opposed to, I don't know, Australia, you don't have that many bands. There's not, you know, you don't have a 5,000 bands to choose from. So, you know, they, they legitimately want to come out and see you and see what you got, you know, and in, in just in some of the uh, the folks we've talked to, I had uh, Phil Schaus on the show. He plays with Accept, and they had to push back their tour. Uh, Brian Forsyth, I was talking to him recently, and he's talking about his act, uh, Rhino Bucket, along with uh, Kicks that he does here. Th- those guys count on going overseas, and um, the fact that they couldn't for quite some time, and there's just no – you know, there's no crystal ball that's saying, Hey, you can go book a tour in six months. It, it's, it's sad to see from that perspective, but I think we're on the verge of um, get, getting back. I hate saying getting back to normal. I, I don't like saying that, but I think we're getting closer. Um, when you guys play though, I mean, the, the raw talent in your band, everything you do is a hundred percent live, right? Yes what's your take on some of uh, the rock bands? We got a rock show and I'll keep the, the name to myself. I can tell you later if you want to know, but my little one, I've got a nine-year-old that's very into this rock band that clearly when we saw them play live uh, for starters, they only had two instruments. So, you know, they're playing to a track. What's, what's your take on acts like that? Man, it's, you know, right now 
And it really pisses me off because the cover bands are making way more money than us guys that are actually writing, you know? And, it, and, it, and it, so it bothers me, you know, cause they're playing other people's shit and they're making a living off of it. And a lot of cover bands do use tracks. Now I just got rid of another guitar player, you know, cause when I get in the studio, you know, I want it to be thick and layered and all that. I want to keep in mind that I'll probably be the only guitarist, but I want that comfort level of, of having a second guitarist. Well, you know, us guitar players don't seem to get along. Uh, so it, it ends up being just me again. Um, to go out there and have complete tracks with back vocals and almost every freaking thing you're supposed to do is total bullshit. You know, if, if there's a part that, for round, round and round off this CD, for example, I got like 15 guitar tracks and that's just for thickness and overall sound. And it's a bitch for me to play live because you go from acoustic to electric and you got to do, you know, all these changes and controls of volume and all this. Um, it would make life easier if I ran tracks on that song. I find it, it it's it's not attractive to think that I would need to use that as a crutch, you know, but I know a lot of bands are just using full on tracks with every aspect of what they're doing. And as a as a fan of some big bands and they're just, just a fan of live music, it it's, it's pretty obvious to tell where and where they're not being used, but it's so much more fun. I mean, we were just at this club show a month ago and just watching a rock band go up there and be a hundred percent live and value the mistakes. I like that. I think it, it just shows that we're all real. Yep. And um, I'm glad that you guys do that. One other awesome mistakes. You're going to hear me screw up. I mean, that's just the way it is. <laughs> that's come on. ACDC hadn't been fucking up for 50 years. I mean, that's the way it is, you know, I, I know, I know there's so many great musicians out there in this world, especially guitarists, but accidents are meant to happen. You know, even if you have a down pad, it just happens, you know, and to, I don't know, break two guitar strings yet, you still hear the guitar solo going on. You're just not attractive to me when I'm watching somebody, you know? Right. But one other thing I, I was curious about is, uh, and I'm switching gears on you a little bit with this one, but, but um, one of the things that I thought was super cool about the new album was all the artwork that you guys have done for the cover. Do, do you have a hand in that the whole way through as well? Or are you intimately involved or how, how does that look? Yeah, I'm that guy that's a pain in the ass about every aspect of it. <laughs> Great. You know, well, you know, because like I said, so this CD, I started it out in 2011. Uh, and, and I look at everything now, especially at our age and the way that the industry is, every, anything we do could be the last time we do anything. I mean, that's just the uncertainty of the music industry. So I, you know, being old, when I was young, I would go to record stores, man, I wanted to read everything. I wanted to read every single word in a booklet. I wanted to look at the pictures. I wanted everything. So I made sure, you know, that that was going to be done. Most people are doing digipacks, you know, with no information, no sleeve, just front and back. And we did that for limited edition, but for this CD, I wanted it, you know, an 18 page booklet. You know, so we we got the the model for the the photo the, for the cover and the inside photos. We, you know, paid good money for photography. I mean, you got to invest in it. And and I've got good graphic, a good graphic guy that laid it all out. And you know, I was a pain in the ass about it. But I mean, you you spend like I said, like you just said, this was the Chinese democracy or a broke ass version of Def Leppard. So it took me forever. And I want to make sure it's right. What's what's another month or two going to hurt, you know? 
Right. When we're waiting 10 years, I don't think, I don't think the extra 60 days mattered, but it definitely did show in the final product. And and, Um, you know, not well, and then on top of that, after we finished everything with the photos and shit and fired the bass player and the uh, guitar player. So I had to go back again. Rework. Re-did. Yes. So it was another year, you know, so it was like this was never going to the finish line. Where is it? But we finally made it and uh, it's all good. <laughs> so I, I survived it and they survived me. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. They survived you might be the case. Um, if, if, if somebody is going to go and buy a physical copy of, of the new album, where's the best place to get it? Oh, well, you can go to uh, the Dark Star Records website. Uh, they can, I mean, if you're going to buy it, uh, you can get it on at Walmart. You know, you can get it online. There, there's just multiple places to get it. I mean, go the immediate way would be to go to the dark star record label uh website or come to our website voodamoonshinerocks.com uh we have multiple merchandise that are you guys on the vinyl bandwagon can yeah, i get an lp like said, somewhere if i want it get it all lp vinyl yeah not yet man that's like four grand for 200 of those jokers i gotta make sure that we got pre-sales on those that that is, you know, I would love to do that, but because that has come back so strong, they are just charging at the ass for it. I mean, it really is like four grand for a couple hundred copies. Yeah, a buddy of mine does um, some repackages and things like that for for some legacy type artists, and he was saying that the the way to to do that is if you're going to only get maybe a limited run of copies try and do something with the artist to say it's signed and get that. So that way you can have the pre-sales to fund it. And uh, definitely a different take on the music industry, but there is a a market for that. I know in my household, it's, it's more just the experience than it is the, the sound, because I mean, so many of these are just digital copies pressed on a piece of plastic. You're not going and running the needle on something that was, you know, pressed on vinyl. Yeah, you're you're not getting something that was originally pressed that way, but it, it's it, it's again you're you're in it for the experience. You're dropping the needle. You're going to listen to the full album rather than just be. I've said this a few times on my show, but my little one, we were listening just to FM radio on our way, on our way to school one morning. I'm dropping her off, and you know she's sitting there going, eh, "Next." I'm like, "No, sweetie, you're in it for the next. You're you're in here for the next three minutes. This is what you get unless we change the dial." And the look on her face was just what. And serious. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like looking at me like I'm crazy, but, but that's that generation. And I think that not just because she's nine, that's just, that's the listener. Now I'm in Spotify. I can hit next. Um, And, you know, thinking that um, you have to, to fit an algorithm, it's a completely different market, but uh, glad to see that you still put time all that to say the, the artwork that's with the album is great. It's worth buying the physical copy just to get that. Not to mention you're going to support yep. uh, support the artists, and I, I'm big on that as well. Um, VoodooMoonshineRocks.com. I'll make sure I put the links uh, in our show notes for this. For but um, Jeff, anything you want to say to to my audience as part of as part of new music or new things that you've got coming down the pike? A third album? Are we going to have to wait another ten years, or are we going to see something in you know 2024? <laughs> I don't think I have the patience for another 10 years of this bullshit. (laughs) No, no, we're, we're ahead of the curve. You know, we, like I said, COVID was 
catastrophic to a lot of bands. It was kind of a blessing to us because it stopped everything, but it gave us the room to complete things. Uh, we got the CD done properly. We we did, uh, shot three videos. So we got another video for the next single coming out in May. Um, you know, that single come out. Um, so we got ahead. Uh, with that said, you know, we've already started. I think we got five or six new songs that we're working on now for the next album. So it ain't going to be no 10 year crap. I can't do, I can't All do right. this. But uh, yeah, so no, really, I mean, just I keep requesting the, the new single, bring it down. Um, you know, buy our shit is always a, a fond statement of mine. Just, you know, go to our website, buy, buy our merch. We got all kinds of merchandise, t-shirts, hats, uh, koozies, everything. Um, you know, and, and once again, that's vitaminshinerocks.com. Um, you know, just support us by sharing our stuff. I mean, that that's that's worth a lot to us. And I, I think the new album's getting some traction. We've got a, a, a mutual friend, alumni from this show, Mike Branville, told me you guys you guys are cracking rock charts with this. And just to get the snowball going is going to be great. But I think if all yeah. people do is listen, it, it's going to speak volumes. I think uh, rock's coming back and, uh, you know, kind of hitting more of the mainstream. But this album's it's just killer. So um, yeah, we uh, right now uh, bring it down as at number 205 on the Billboard charts. And we've actually uh, we got two other songs in the billboards that aren't anywhere near 200. Um, but yeah, we're on multiple charts. You know, some I ain't even heard of. But uh, you know, this this year and last year was pretty good. You know, we've won awards and and been number one on a bunch of charts. You know, it's it, it's there's a lot to be said about not pushing anything and just letting shit happen. You know what I mean? Because things are just kind of falling in, in place instead of when I was 19, just fighting and chasing and running and tracking it down. Now, you know, we, we got direction and drive, but we're going to let things happen. You know, we'll be business minded in our decision making, but things are just kind of falling into place and, and we like it that way. Well, good. Well, I, uh, I'm happy for this, uh, the early success of this album. Can't wait to see more dates on the road. Again, links to everything Jeff and I've talked about are going to be in our show notes. Jeff, thanks for taking the time out of your day to uh, hang out with my audience and uh, get this album, folks. It's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me here and, and, and just keep turning it up, man. There we go. Let's crank it. Thanks to Jeff for stopping by and hanging out with us. Go check out the show notes for all of the detail on everything Voodoo Moonshine has going on. These guys really are awesome. I'm a big fan of streaming. Go out and stream this new album. Just check it out. But also consider getting a physical copy of Bottom of the Barrel to support the band and get your hands on that artwork we were just talking about. Go follow these guys on your favorite social media platform. And while you're there, follow this show too. Take your good time with you, and we'll be back next time with another great guest.